from the NLRPD to KTHV to behind the microphone. It's Scott Romine with Guatney Unplugged. I'm so excited about our guest uh, on the show today, Dan English. This is somebody that uh, I thanks for coming on, Dan. Welcome. And, and you are somebody. I don't know the best way to say this, but you know how you kind of influence people and you never really know it. And and I got to say that you were kind of like that for me when I was a kid, because I have known who you are since I was probably about 10 years old and Miami Vice had come out. And, you know, for an Arkansas boy, you want, I wanted the General Lee and I, now I have a General Lee. But you were the guy locally, the only guy that really had like what Don Johnson drove. And it was a, a big thing for me, you know, going past Mall Mel there and your corporate motor cars, all the kids want to look over to the left and say, oh, how cool there's Wild River Country. Look at that slide. That wasn't me. I was a kid waiting to see what was on the right and sitting out front of your shop because you had all these exotic cars and this really, really cool stuff, corporate motor cars. Did you grow up in Arkansas, or what's your history here? Grew, grew up in Arkansas. been here since as long as I can remember. Grew up kind of in the south in a, a community called Sardis, Arkansas. I think it's 10, 15 minutes from here. Yes, yeah, Sardis is like out around East End. My grandma lives out that Sardis way. I know exactly where you're talking about. Were you always in the cars? What sparked that interest? Always in the cars, as far as I could remember as a kid. You know, anything that had a motor on it, you know, I was just excited. Even if I couldn't drive it, I could sit and watch someone else drive it. Got excited. Knew I always wanted to have a car or, and uh, didn't have the money. You know, so a lot of the, a lot of the friends that, that were older had cars. You know, we got to sit around and listen to them start up and sit in them and knew someday I was going to get me one. <laughs> That was the same way. My inspiration was, uh, well, my dad rebuilt cars, but you remember Channel 11 had a General Lee. Right. And that Chuck Dovish drove around and stuff. And that was my dream to, ha you know, do what Chuck do Dovish was driving. He's driving the General Lee, which I thought was the one on the show. Right. <laughs> <laughs> and you were the guy that had Miami Vice stuff, you know, or Magnum PI kind of stuff. Right. But uh, what was your first car? Well, my first car was uh, an Impala. It wasn't what I really wanted, but, but it was something I could afford at the time. I had to work, you know, a couple of summers just to get it, and it was a piece of transportation. But really, my first car was a 69 Z28 Camaro with my first car, 302 four-speed. That was my first car. Wouldn't you love to have it back? Um, sure. I, I actually bought it back uh, several years later and uh, refurbished it somewhat and sold it again. But I've had several of those cars since then. I actually had a, a rally green, white stripe, white vinyl top, white interior 69Z28 that I bought several years ago, kind of the, really the color combination that I wanted, and I, and I totally restored it, and I kept it for a while and sold it. The 69 has got to be, to me, the premier Camaro. It was. There were more cars built than 69. You know, 67, I think, was the first year it came out. And then they had the 68, which did well. But 69 was, they built more 69s than they did it in 67, 68 combined, I think. But it was the best years uh, for the Camaro. And then, of course, they, when they started cutting the horsepower and stuff, those you know, oh, cars kind yeah. of fizzled out. 
Yeah. By the time of smoking the bandit, those things had what ten horsepower? They barely pull so. themselves yes. around. Yeah, yeah, something like two hundred something horsepower. Yeah. Why do you think it is that it seems to me from '67 through about 1970 is when the freaking coolest cars were ever designed? Mopar had it going on. Chevrolet had it going on. Cars that look like those they just don't exist now. Well, I think people that were in charge back then, you know, ahead uh, of the uh, the the uh, people that manufactured those cars, had a passion for those cars, and everybody competed against everybody else. And then you started seeing the, you know, emissions and and um, gas situations and all this government thing that came in. They had to slow the cars down, and I think the um, quality control back then wasn't that good. I, I think also designers would take risk back then. Absolutely. If you remember Mopars, all the, the funky colors they had that everybody yes. thought was crazy. You know, but now <laughs> everybody likes them. You know what I'm saying? Sublime green. Yeah. You know. Fast, fast. Uh, what, uh, and they had uh, plum crazy purple. Yes. Was, uh, was another color. I had a, I actually redid a Cuda about 10 years ago that was plum crazy purple. Uh, it was a 70 mile 446 pack car. And uh, hard to tune. I've always heard the six packs were pretty finicky. Yeah, they were. They were finicky. You had to get someone that actually knew how to get them. You know, and they had problems. I mean, all those cars had problems. I mean, all you know the technology now, which is I think is great with the technology. You know, fuel injected cars, and there's so much better cars. I mean, yeah, they were cool back they then. Are. Because, yeah, but now the the new cars and the technology and you know electric cars. You know, they're making them faster and they don't have near the problems that, you know, the old cars, you know, you could jump on them, you know, and get after them a little bit, but usually you'd break something on them. Oh, yeah. yeah. Something would break. Yeah. I mean, I've got old cars and right. I don't drive them past Sonic for right. that very reason. Right. Yeah. But they're, uh, uh, I think during that era when the, uh, you know, missions and quality control, I mean, quality control and GM back then was, was not that good in the, in the 70s, in the Corvettes and Camaro. I mean, everything just seemed to go down. Yeah, carburetors are just old school. Oh, yeah. yeah I, don't I, mean, want, I don't want anything that's carbureted. It has to be fuel-injected, or I'm not interested in it. Yeah. The LS motor, to me, is just such a game-changer. It was. I mean, they and think about the LS motor. They're, they're able to do so much with it and to hot-rod it. You know, it's not that hard with the computers and everything. They can really build a lot of horsepower out of those cars, as Guatney Chevrolet, Aaron Salisbury. <laughs> yes, you know they're turning out some some really fantastic cars that are dependable. I mean, you can when you can build a car with horsepower and dependability, you really done something. Well, when people are sending their Camaro here from Canada for Guatney Chevrolet to tune on it, that really tells you something. It tells you a lot about them. And like I said, Aaron Salisbury, he's a, he's a genius, and he's really. He's really been good for that whole organization, I think. But like I said, they're pumping out some some cars. I mean, I've I've got friends of my my own that have called me with Camaros and Corvettes and said, "Hey, I want to put some horsepower in this car. Who do I see?" And I said, "Go to Guatney Chevrolet. Oh yeah, see Aaron. Aaron and Ryan Stevens. Is yeah, I don't know big, Ryan that way. Big tuner yeah, guy. Yeah, yeah, I do know Ryan. I know who he is. Yes, but Aaron's always. Well, I've been friends with Aaron for a long time. Matter of fact, he's he's worked on my exotics down there when no one else would around here. Yeah, that's right. And you've and you brought a lot of what was the inspiration for corporate motor cars? Because people listening, Dan English, corporate motor cars, when you saw the Ferraris and 
Lamborghinis out there off the Crystal Hill Road exit from the freeway. That was you. Right. Well, I think uh, I got in the investment business. I was vice president of Collins Lock and Laster back in the 80s. And uh, a lot of people made money in that business and they bought really nice, expensive cars. And I started seeing them and, and I started making uh, money there. And, and I remember I had bought a 500 SL and a 930 Turbo. And uh, I'd always take really good care of them. And some of the people in the firm was always wanting to buy them from me. Um, but my dream really was to be in the exotic car business, the upper line business as a kid. I wanted really nice exotic cars, something different. And as soon as I had enough income, made enough money in the in that business, I uh, decided to get in the car business and open up my own car place. And I guess the dream came true. What have been some of your favorites? Uh, I've always liked the uh, Ferraris and the uh, Lamborghinis, but oh yeah, back in uh, you know the Countach's and the uh, Testarossa days, they were really great looking exotic cars, but drivability was horrible, and uh, and probably reliability left a lot to be desired. Yeah, I mean, I didn't, I never misused these cars. I mean, I always drove them, you know, just basically for the look and. And, uh, but they did have, um, maintenance was very expensive on it. The annual maintenance were expensive of, on it. But, you know, Ferrari and Lamborghini both knew they had to make a more drivable car and a car that was less maintenance, uh, for these, even people had money. Sure. You know, didn't want to go down and spend 10 grand on a, on a 5,000 mile service on one of those cars. So they've, They've uh, brought all that down, and uh, they make a lot more dependable car. And uh, the main thing, it's more drivable now. Like a Corvette. Yes. You know, more like a Corvette yes. you could daily drive if you Absolutely. wanted to. Yeah, these new Corvettes that are out now, you can, you can jump on them. You can, you know, someone can pull up beside you on the freeway. You can, you know, blow their doors off, and you can <laughs> go to Walmart and go, go uh, shopping. You know <laughs> Put groceries in the back exactly. of it if you want to. Exactly. I have great memories, Dan, of one time— at least 20 years ago, I got to ride with you driving a red Ferrari Testarossa. And that memory has always stuck with me. It's the only time I ever got to ride in a Ferrari. And this was, of course, what Don Johnson had on Miami Vice. Right. I should have took my socks off before we rode in it. I mean, just to be kind of Don Johnson-ish. That might have been cool. Mm -hmm. But I remember before you started it, you told me, hopefully it's going to start. These things are bad about fouling plugs. Something like that stuck yeah. with me all that, and I and that kind of told me maybe these aren't the most reliable things in the world, but man, it looks awesome. Well, you know, Ferraris back then, like I said, when the Testarossas came out, they were a totally different concept. Of course, it had the Ferrari, um, you know, uh, technical V12, I guess it was a V12, it was a V12, um, but um, they were, I mean, exotic cars, uh. They look fast, but you know that they weren't as quick and fast as the the muscle car or the newer uh, GM cars you see today that they come out or Dodge products. You know these lot newer cars they're fast and quick. Even the Tesla electric cars fast and quick. The exotic cars they looked exotic and were expensive. That's you right. Beat on them too much and they cost you a lot of money. But that was back in the old you know the and um, when the Testarossas first came out. Um. Like I said, those cars look fast, but most people that bought those cars had money and they didn't abuse them. They weren't young kids taking them out 
you know, driving them like a uh, like a Camaro. Right. That's and, true. And we had people that came over to look at them. Um, we rarely let anybody test drive them, but if they, we felt like they qualified to buy one of those cars. If they were going to try to drive one like Camaro, we we stopped everything yeah. and took them back. Yeah, they not that kind of a car. They're more or less, like I said, the rich man's sports car back then. Drive around, look good. Exactly. Don't be beating on them because, like I said, if you beat on them too hard, they'll cost you some money. Something on break. Yes. You know, I remember a time, and I know it's been years ago, but there was a point where a, like a Magnum PI Tom Selleck Ferrari 308 was fairly obtainable. It was. Uh, those cars got down in the upper teens at one point in time. But the thing about the 308s, 328s, 348s, they were really good-looking cars. And they were, you know, obviously from that television show, Magnum. Oh, yeah. Yeah, they really, uh, you know, were popular. But they had no go, no go, no guts. <laughs> were they V8s? They weren't they were V12s, V8s, were they? They were V8s. They just didn't have any horsepower. They were high-maintenance. Uh, they looked cool. Oh, but, yeah. Uh, I, I remember, uh, actually, Aaron Salisbury out at um, Guatney Chevrolet, he rebuilt the motor and a 3308 I had there of a customer's. And his exact comment, man, this thing won't, doesn't have any horsepower. And they really didn't, like I said. But, you know, an exotic car back then, you you, you didn't have to go fast. No. You know what I'm saying? All you had to do is go through the neighborhood, you know, and people gave you the thumbs up. You didn't have to be burning any tires, you know what I mean, like a Camaro or a Corvette. It was uh, yeah, yeah, strictly the look and the fact that you could buy one, you know? Well, my General Lee is not fast. Everybody thinks, oh, I bet that thing will jump Arkansas River. Right. That thing, it, right. it ain't fast, right? but it looks like the General Lee. Exactly. It so it's kind of the same concept having a Ferrari. Right. Yeah, I remember one time going over 430 Bridge, and I was in a Countach, and I had a guy pull up in a Corvette ZR1, and he was, you know, gassing it, wanting me to run him. I looked over at him with, you know, I said, hey, dude, go ahead. You know, you're not near as cool as you think you are. You know, and everybody was looking at the Countach, you know. <laughs> <laughs> you know, so I just, you know, I just kept it going same speed, you know, because like I said, when you drive a car like that, how many do you see in Arkansas? You don't. You don't. You know, and and uh, you don't have to jump on them. You know, you just, like I said, just driving them was cool enough to me. You, you know, when you travel and you go to Los Angeles places, it's more common to see that kind of a car because they have dealerships for them and mm -hmm. service and support, you know, factory things. Are there more of them here than people know? Not really. I mean, you know, there are. A uh, few people that have bought those cars in the uh, through the years and put them away, uh, but very few because I usually know about most of them because sooner or later someone's wanting to sell one and they'll call me. But you're right in big metropolitan areas where you have a younger crowd who are making good money, uh, you know, in IT or whatever investments, they're the ones that want to drive those cars. They're because they're young and they have income, they they buy those cars. But here in Arkansas. You don't have that. Uh, you don't have as many young people who have the kind of income to buy the exotic cars, so you don't see as much of them. And most people that have the money to buy them, they're older and don't really care. They want an SUV. You know, they they want to see that's them true. go by maybe one or two times. They don't care about having one or driving one, and so that's why you don't see very many of them here, hardly ever. There's a few, just a handful. Just a handful. Yeah. Very rare thing to see. Very rare. You mentioned the Countach, and that's what was all over my walls when I was 10, 12 years old. Probably you too, Angel. Uh, that car, 
when I look up the specs, it would only do like 0 60 and what, like 4.9? Yeah, it was very slow as far as 0 60, and it would do over 200 miles an hour. But it took a long time. You had to, to have a there. lot of real estate. You know, I remember taking one early in the morning, you know, out past the airport. And, uh, you know, I hate to say on the air how fast I got it, but it took me a long time to get it up there. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. If any state troopers are listening right now. If you had a wing, it took off. Yeah. Yeah. It just, like I said, it was a heavy car. Um, it like, But like I said, if you stayed in it long enough, you could get it up there close. To, oh, well, you could get it over 200, not far past 200 but you could get over 200 mile an hour but it didn't you know far as zero to 60 it wasn't there at all yeah but it wasn't that's what not you know, what it's built to do yeah no it was uh probably impossible to back up or see out of the back of the darn it was, thing it was rough it was tough to see out of uh it was expensive to maintain but it was a cool looking car it's the best looking car it was you know I guess the technology is coming along, but you know, for a big for a while, building fake replica kit cars of those Countaches was a big business. Yeah, it was there for a little bit, and and a lot of people I've seen some kits, but you know, it's not the same thing. It's not the same thing, and I think it just diminishes the cars when people do that. But you know, hey, they obviously thought they were cool enough. Yeah, you know, to to you know to make a kit, you know, because they couldn't buy the real one. You know, but, you know, those cars have actually come back up again. I mean, you'll see the uh, some of the Diablo, well, some of the Countaches, I've seen those in the last year or so bring three or 400,000. Um, you know, I had a chance to buy one, uh, like a 150, five or six years ago and started to buy it, but it, I thought it was a little high. And then, you know, that car, I think, sold a year ago for like 275. You know, so they've they've come back up again. Anything in Ferrari exotics, and of course the Ford GTs. <clears throat> Excuse me, those are cool cars too. Those are cool cars, you know, actually, especially the originals. The the O five O six yes. uh, Ford GTs is one of the ones I'm speaking. I actually looked at one out in Russellville uh, last week that had a thousand miles on it uh, for sale. O five, you know, and they're asking three sixty five, I think, for that car. Came out, and you could bought one for what one fifty, one forty eight. So, but you know when. Um, the uh, <clears throat> A Ford has appreciated. Boy, this is the most novel thing we've ever revealed. I'm going to Right. But you know, <laughs> a lot of the Fords, you know, the muscle cars, the Mustangs, and Mach 1. The Mach 1s. And, uh, but when Carroll Shelby died, uh, that's, you know, that was his um, premier car. The, uh, you know, he built those cars, obviously, right. to run and beat Ferrari, and which he did. And, um, the they came out in oh five and oh six and they kind of off that concept built those cars and to me they were mid engine cars and they were really a cool car, way I think ahead of their time and but they didn't sell that well, you mm-hmm. know I think they had the uh, gas crunch kind of came on at that time that was about the same time right. so I remember seeing some at a big auction and looking at them in person they were impressive right. But you know that very is a, impressive. That's, a, that's a good car. That was a car that you could take out and, and run pretty hard and take it to your Ford dealership and work on. That's cool. Hey, we'll be right back with Dan English, uh, Scott Romine here, Guatney Unplugged. <laughs> 